Hello, I'm Kyle Caldwell and this is On The Money, a weekly look at how to get the best out of your savings and investments. In this episode, a week on from the budget, we find out how Chancellor Jeremy Hunt has given with one hand by removing the lifetime allowance, but taken away with the other in the form of a separate stealth tax known as fiscal drag, which was announced uh, last November. And it really could be a drag for millions of us. Alice Guy, Interactive Investors Head of Pensions and Savings is in the studio to explain what it is and to do some sums to help you steer through it. But let's kick off by taking a quick look at the main budget changes. So prior to the budget, um, as, is, as is part of the course um, with budgets in general, a lot of stuff was already leaked um, to the broadsheet papers. And we knew in advance the pensions were going to come up and it was going to be a very pension heavy budget. I was questioning whether that was going to be the case um, when after 45 minutes um, the word pension hadn't even been mentioned. <laughs> been quite a few mentions of the word pothole, um, but not pension. But Jeremy Hunt did surprise everyone by um, scrapping the lifetime allowance. So Alice, could you run through what this then means for people? Yeah, so like you say, there were quite a few pension changes and I don't think the lifetime allowance won. Many people were expecting that. So the lifetime allowance um, is being scrapped completely. It won't officially come in until April 2024, but they've said that people won't be getting lifetime allowance charges from this April. And what it means is the previously, when you'd gone over the lifetime allowance, which was just over a million, you could get whacked with a 55% lifetime allowance charge. So it was the argument was it was putting some people off in terms of potentially making them retire earlier, like with doctors particularly, they were potentially retiring because otherwise they were going to breach the lifetime allowance if they paid too much in. And those other um, high earners, this would have impacted as well. But of course, I think the main motivation behind removing it is to try and you know encourage doctors to return to the workforce or indeed stay in the workforce for longer. Um, and you know th- it is feasible that that will happen now in terms of doctors staying in the workforce because if they have a pension that goes over a million pounds, there's no longer that 55% tax on the excess over a million. Yeah, exactly. And if they're just weighing up whether they want to retire or not and they've got that big tax charge just around the corner, it's, it's just another factor, isn't it, that could be tipping them over. And of course, um, as you mentioned, it's, it's not going to come into effect until next April. Then the question mark really is how long will it stay in place, uh, particularly if there's a change in government? Um, We know there's going to be an election taking place by the end of next year and Labour have already said that they will bring it back. So for people, you know, saving towards their pension and, you know, putting money in now, it's not necessarily helpful that there might be further meddling in the future. And I suppose whatever your views are in terms of lifetime allowance, you know, it it doesn't affect everyone. It It does affect the highest earners. But it is a tax, it's a stealth tax on investment success. You know, if you, if you grow your pension, you put money in and you go over a million, I've never really seen the reason why you then get hit by a 55% tax charge. Yeah, that's right. And I think even though it didn't affect everybody, even some people that were a fair way off it were thinking, well, I'm not going to put that in my pension just in case it performs really well. So it was sort of having that chilling effect on pension saving, I think. And one, well, I was going to say the way consequence, but one actual benefit for people now is that they can they can use their pension to shield from inheritance tax. I mean, te- pensions were, always, were already seen as being superior to ICEs 
in terms of um, passing on wealth. Right, but yeah. now it's it, you know it's even more superior, isn't it? Following the lifetime allowance changes. Yeah, although don't forget that um, you can't get tax relief for more than the annual allowance. So that's another thing they changed in the budget. That was forty thousand. That's gone up to sixty now. So you're you're capped. You can still put more in than that, but you won't get any tax relief. And also don't forget that you can only get tax relief on money you've actually earned in that tax year as well, and that and you've been taxed on. So you could potentially put more in. I'd be kind of personally a bit careful of that because if they were to introduce inheritance tax further down the track, then you're kind of stuck with it in a pension at that point. And if you think, oh no, they've introduced inheritance tax, I'll draw it out, you're going to have to pay tax when you draw that out. And the other change to pensions is the um, money purchase annual allowance. Could you explain what that is and what the change is? Yeah, so I think it was originally introduced to stop people kind of taking money out of their pension and putting it back in and getting tax relief on it, which they call recycling. So it had been reduced down to £4,000. The problem was that if it basically applies if you've already taken taxable income from your pension, then you've got a lower, effectively a bit like the annual allowance, you've got a lower amount that you can pay in each year and get tax relief. And the problem is that with Jeremy Hunt wanting to get more people back into work, if say you've like taken early retirement, drawn a bit, and then you think I will go back, your pension contributions, including your employers actually and tax relief are gonna be capped at 4,000. So that was like quite a low amount really. So people in the industry have been campaigning to, to increase that to 10,000. So it hopefully gives people a little bit more scope. And there's potentially for the money purchase on your allowance, it only applies to um, defined contribution pensions rather than defined benefit pensions. So, yeah, that's right. So this, this is obviously impacting a broader set of people, really, whereas the lifetime allowance changes, it, it's impacting, obviously, the doctors and, obviously, people that are in that situation where they're close to a million or already over a million yeah, for a lifetime allowance. I think for most people, the money purchase allowance, although it hasn't been as widely reported, it could be more relevant because um, a lot of people were potentially being caught out because they'd retire or they get made redundant. They think, it's okay, I'll just draw, start drawing a pension income. And then it's like, whoops, I can't, I've gone back now and I can't pay in and I can't even take advantage of my employer's contributions. So yeah, I think like that has probably got a broader appeal in terms of how it's going to help people with their pensions. And while it was a, obviously it was a big budget for pensions, I mean, the previous autumn statement in November, I mean, that was pretty big as well for personal taxation mm, mm. Um, in general. So last November, there was the freezing of certain allowances, which is creating this um, fiscal drag. So Alice, could you start off by talking us through what is meant by fiscal drag? Yeah, okay. So fiscal drag is, it's, as it sounds, it's sort of a drag on income and wealth, but what it means is that they have tax thresholds. So if you earn over about 12,500, you pay basic tax on that chunk. And then once you earn over 50, you'll pay higher rate tax on that chunk up to the additional, which is quite high. So you've got various bands of tax. And what they've done is they've frozen the thresholds where you go up to the next band. So what happens is hopefully your pay like goes up gradually with inflation and you start having more and more of your income in that next tax band. So you're going to be paying a higher amount of tax um, as a percentage on your income. People often think, oh, 
about am I going to become a higher rate taxpayer but actually it affects everybody because even if you're already a higher rate taxpayer say you're going to have a much bigger proportion of your income taxed at 40% and it also affects lower earners in the same way if you imagine if you're part-time and you're earning 12,000 at a moment you're paying no income tax and gradually you're going to be paying more and more income tax even though in reality you don't feel any richer because your, your pay is only going up with inflation so those income tax bans, it was announced last November in the um, the autumn statement. So they're all going to be frozen until 2028. Yeah, that's right. And you've done some numbers, haven't you, to, um, to show listeners how we're all going to be worse off because of that? Yeah, that's right. I mean, I've looked at the, the tax burden. And so I've taken somebody on a kind of middling income of about 30,000 and their tax burden. So the, the amount that they're paying in tax on their income as a whole, don't forget they get a little bit that's tax free. At the moment, they're paying 19% as a whole on their, on their income. And that's including national insurance as well. And that's going to go up to 21%. That doesn't sound like a huge difference. But in terms of, you know, you think you're effectively paying a lot more tax on your income, you'll be paying about, so somebody on 30,000, by the time we get to 2028, will be paying 1,900 extra tax. And somebody on 50,000, so, so a high earner, their tax is going up from, 24% their total tax burden to 27% they're going to be paying just over £4,000 extra tax a year by 2028. I also had a look at to say well what if instead the government said we're going to put up thresholds with inflation we're, so they're going to follow wages with inflation until 2028 but we're going to increase income tax instead and so we're going to do it like a less stealthy way like more how we would think of increasing tax. And actually, for somebody on 50,000, by 2028, fiscal drag is equivalent to a 5% increase in income tax. That's shocking, isn't it? I wouldn't have thought that, <laughs> no. <laughs> exactly. It's quite surprising. And actually, it affects lower earners more. So somebody earning 20,000, by 2028, it's equivalent to a 10% rise in income tax. I mean, that, that is absolutely shocking, isn't it? And that's because a lot of their income is tax-free at the moment and more and more of their income becomes taxable. I mean, that just really shows that it is a stealth tax. It really is, um, yeah. It, you know, it does go under the radar. And until you put figures on that, like you have done, Alice, then you've been on the wiser, really. So if you're if you're close to on the threshold, say if you're close to 50,000 yeah. and you, you don't want to pay... well. You, say don't you know you want to try and try and reduce um, your income tax sort of well yeah. amount is is the main option to put more money into a pension yeah so basically i guess it all depends on affordability doesn't it because with costs going up not everyone can be affording to put more in their pension but in an ideal world yes if you can reduce your taxable income and the, probably the easiest way to do that is put money into your pension then you can sort of not pay the higher rate on that amount the other thing is actually giving money to charity also reduces your taxable income. So, you know, even if you've got a small amount, it all, all mounts up. And I found out even things like brownies and guides and things like that is actually tax, is actually gift aided. So you can take that off your income for tax purposes. And in terms of fiscal drag, there's there's other thresholds that are frozen, including oh, yeah. inheritance tax and rate bans. Mm. That's been frozen for a very long time, hasn't it? I think since 2009, it's, you know, it's got the exact same 325,000 threshold. It has got the same. Now, um, inheritance tax is known for being quite a, bit, quite a complicated tax, but they've introduced a new residence nil rate ban in 2017. So 
This is only for people who own a house and have lineal descendants, i.e. children and grandchildren. They get an extra residence nil rate band and that amounts to 175,000. So it's effectively about half a million you get if you add those together now. So if you think of it, it has gone up a bit. It's sort of unfair really because people that are renting or who don't have children can't benefit from the residence nil rate ban. But yes, it is being frozen and that's going to stay at the same amounts until 2028. And as well as fiscal drag in the new tax year, so as mentioned earlier, from the 6th of April, investors also have to contend with a much lower capital gains tax allowance, mm. £6,000 a year from 12300 And then that'll be reduced further from um, next April, April 2024, and then, in, and in addition to that, the dividend allowance is also going to be less generous going forward. Mm. And both those changes, so the capital gains tax allowance being reduced and the, the dividend tax allowance also being lower, they were both made in last November's autumn statement. Both those changes, Alice, that surely strengthens the case of investing tax efficiently through self-invested pensions and ICEs. And um, I think we should be grateful that you know the ISA allowance. It is going to remain at twenty thousand for the next tax year. That was um, that was in the minutes of the budget statement. So I think we should be grateful for, for both those two um, ways that you can save and invest tax efficiently. Yeah, you're right. And I just did a few sums on it. And if you've got two thousand pounds of dividend income this year, that's tax free. But from April, the allowance is being slashed to one thousand. So from next year, you'd be paying £325 tax on that 2000 income. This is assuming, I've assumed that you're a high rate taxpayer here. And then from the following tax year, you'd be paying um, £487 tax on £2,000 income. So it really takes quite a big chunk out of your income. And over time, we know with investments that we need to look at compounding over the long period. So that is just taking a huge chunk out of your potential investment growth. So yeah, ISAs and pensions are completely free from dividend tax. CGT as well, uh, at the moment, say you've got a gain of £10,000, that's completely tax-free. Next tax year, you'd be paying £800, again, assuming you're a high-rate taxpayer, and the following tax year, £1,400. So I think it's just that principle of like little things you can do mount up, and I think... Um, a lot of people probably know with bed and ISA that you've still got the chance to sell what you've got outside an ISA and pop it into an ISA before the tax year to make sure you're using as much of that ISA allowance as you can if you've got that available. And you can also do bed and sip as well. You can, that's right. So it's bed and sip's the same principle. You just sell assets you own outside a SIP and you rebuy them within a SIP. Obviously, you need to make sure that you stay within your allowances and your taxable income for that tax year because it will still count as a normal SIP contribution. And as mentioned towards the start of the podcast, so one of the changes to pensions is that um, the annual allowance is going to increase from 40000 to 60000 But as mm. you stressed, I think it's worth re-emphasising the point you made, Alice, that you, you know this is capped at your taxable income. It doesn't mean you can just put 60000 in. It depends on how much you're earning. And there are also carry forward rules where you can, if you haven't used your allowance in previous years, but do check out our website on that because the, again, the rules are quite fiddly to make sure that you're staying within those rules. Thank you for joining me, Alice. And thank you for listening to this episode of On The Money. If you enjoyed it, please follow the show in your podcast app and tell a friend about it. If you get a chance, leave us a review or a rating in your podcast app too. You can join the conversation 
ask questions and tell us what you would like us to talk about via email, which is otm at ii.co.uk. And in the meantime, you can find more information and practical pointers on how to get the most out of your investments on the Interactive Investor website, which is ii.co.uk. See you next week.